Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. Hosted by the Missouri Training Institute, this is the Weekly Workplace. Welcome to the Weekly Workplace, where professionals come to find insights and inspiration for success. With you today, Missouri Training Institute. Hey, Dewey. Hey, Ray. Hello, hello. Good morning. Oh, I have to tell you the, the title, and yeah, I know I wrote it, but uh, what it brought me back to was my wrestling days, um, <laughs> and we actually had that on our shirts, no pain, no gain, and in the world of wrestling, that meant the actual physical pain that got right. Yeah, it was oh, in, I'm sure. involved in, in that sport, but sure. um, it really stuck with me, I think, throughout my my lifetime now. In this concept, you know, and a lot of people say, oh, well, pain builds character. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. But I think we also need to acknowledge the uh, the other element to this is that pain and sometimes we're going to talk about it in terms today, uh, rejection pain uh, really leaves kind of this emotional stain that is very difficult for us as adults to, to maybe process to, through. So I want to bring some awareness to that um, and definitely be respectful of the idea that even though it's it may build character, it still sucks. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. it's um, hard. Yeah, so let's talk about that a little bit as we think about fear of rejection. What comes to mind for you all? Oh, gosh. Well, losing. My first competitor was my mother, right? Yeah. Playing games and, oh, yeah. and the battle. Not being picked for the team. Yeah. Being the last to yeah. be picked for the team. Yeah, yeah. You all know, her famous line was... Um, you know, she'll either lose or get better, mm-hmm. you know, and so that in in some ways that was, you know, rejection, you know, because you're not winning the game. She wasn't going to let you win the game. Grandma couldn't compel her to let me win, even as a small child. So there was that. And then, like you said, you know, you didn't make a team. Right. Or, right. So, you know, in some in some instances, though, I got to ask when your uh, mother wouldn't let you win. Um, was there a point where you just wanted to not stop? You wanted to stop playing games with her? Um, you know, I don't really remember that there was. Mm, okay. Um, in in all fairness, because she was very good mm-hmm. at sports, and because she was a professional golfer, when we would do things like go golfing, she would give me my own handicap. She would give me my own par. Mm-hmm. And so if we were on like a, you know, a par five um, and she played from the championship tees because that's, you know, at, mm-hmm. at the golf course or whatever, she I would play and tee off from the ladies tees, but she would give me a par seven, mm. you know, so she would equalize it, but she would still expect me to get to the green and two putt, mm-hmm. you know, and so she would expect herself to make a par five, but she would expect me to make a par seven. Well, that's interesting, you know, because, um, you know, I, I think especially when we think about the world of work, we're not doing that so much for people, right? We're not giving them a, uh, a par seven when it, everybody else is at a par five. Um, so that's interesting, you know, for me and my experience of not getting picked for the team, cause that happened to me a lot, you know, I wasn't naturally a, an athlete like, you know, my older brother or my younger brother was, you know, it got me to a point where I just didn't want to participate anymore. Yeah. You know, um, so that's why I asked the question, Yeah. you know, so again, I think we're just have a lot of different responses in terms of how we're handling all yeah. this and, um, and that kind of thing. Well, Full disclosure, you know, I'm only 5'2", 
And she did say things like, don't try out for volleyball. Mm. You won't make the team. Mm -hmm. Like, this is back in the day when mm -hmm. when teams actually cut kids, oh, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. you had to try out. And if you weren't good enough, you wouldn't make it, yeah. right? And so I remember trying out for the seventh grade volleyball team. And she had told me, like, you won't make it. You're you're little. And of course, I wasn't even 5'2", yeah. you know, in seventh grade. And, of course, I didn't. And then I didn't try out again. I mean, she was very yeah. honest. And I remember trying out for the junior <laughs> high basketball team and getting cut but the uh, coach's son got onto the team who couldn't shoot, who oh. couldn't run. He was the last one. Anytime that we did any kind of sprinting or running, he was always the very last person oh. across the line. And so it's like, you know, yeah. boom, why bother? Why bother? You know? Yeah. I'm sorry about that. Well, I'm just emotionally oh. hurt now. <laughs> that, see? That, see, it's, it's, it's affected me my entire life. Yeah. Now we know. <laughs> now we know. Now you know the secrets. Now we know. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it's interesting hearing your all's experiences with this. What about your experiences? Yeah. It, it's made me think back a little bit to maybe the first, I don't want to say the first time, but at least the one of the most prominent experiences of rejection. And um, it was high school for me. It was the social groups. Um, you know, there's cliques in school. And for me, I was trying to identify with where I, I fit in. And I can remember trying at first uh, to fit in with the athletes. Of course, I was a wrestler. And so I felt rejected. I remember going back to literally sitting on at school lunch and thinking, okay, which group do I go and sit with? Which one will not reject me? And I remember that fear of rejection uh, really stayed with me in all of the different uh, social groups or experiences I had even into my adulthood. And so I think that brings me back to that high school yard right. where I'm sitting there just analyzing all the different groups going, where do I where do I go? Right. Right. It's very episodic, right? That that moment that mm -hmm. captures and kind of creates that story. Mm -hmm. Right. That and, and the and, story we tell ourselves. Exactly. And, yeah. and honestly, that that holds true for us. And it kind of becomes the the measuring tool that we use for all of these similar. Mm -hmm. Right. It, um, uh, situations moving forward and in our professional lives, it can really limit us. Mm -hmm. It can, it it can really can. limit us. Yeah, I think it affects the way we we feel about ourselves, right? The decisions that we're making. Um, the Pass goals. the Kleenex box, please. <laughs> no, oh, no. my gosh. Put your feelings away, people. <laughs> it, it makes us think small, though. It really does. You know, when I think about that now and as a young professional, I realize, like, I have every right to be in this networking group as everyone else that's of here. Of course you do. Um, but I think smaller. Like, I think I'm not good enough to be there. And so I know, Ray, in your executive coaching, you guys talk a lot about this idea, yeah. this gremlin, yeah. if you will, that tells you those things. Yeah. And it, it all comes from a place of pain. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, I really believe those things that were that gremlin is telling us inside our heads is pain. Um, and emotional pain, studies have said, is stands with you a lot more and can affect you a lot deeper than even physical pain can. Sure. Because you you loved the the physical idea of no pain, no gain, yeah. bring it. Yeah. But then that emotional, oh, I don't want to feel that pain, so I won't 
challenge myself to go sit at that networking table with all of those people, right? And so you let that gremlin just kind of tell you, yeah, don't do that because you know the last time you did it, you weren't accepted. So go sit over by that, by yourself at that table, Mm -hmm. right? So in one situation, that physical situation, you're just like, bring it on. I want to feel that pain. Mm-hmm. But in that psychosocial situation, and I don't, I am not a therapist, right. but we know that for ourselves. Right. Mm-hmm. It saves us, mm-hmm. right? It saves us. And the interesting point to it is it's, it's a lot of times that that gremlin is, it's, it's part of your unconscious brain. So we're doing this unconsciously on some occasions um, where these circumstances, whether they actually were from lived experiences or it's things that are based upon expectation that could happen from that. And it really limits us then from moving forward in that direction. Um, I think of uh, a family member who uh, was looking to to change roles into a new position and had done one particular career her whole life and decided, I want something different. So put in applications for a different role and several at that for this new role uh, and um, didn't get a call back. Had one interview, I guess, from one, but didn't get a call back from any of the others and went back into that that then truth that she had said, which is that I'm only good at this and I'll never be able to 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 be something else other than this. And it it's sad. You know, when we I sit and look at that as, again, being the family member to this person, I, I don't want that to be those live true. So how do we overcome that? You know, when you all think about your experiences, um, think about just some tips for our listeners. How do we overcome that fear of rejection? Well, I, I think you, you just said it is raising when you talked about it being unconscious, right? That we do it unconsciously. So the first thing is raising your awareness that you're doing it right. That's got to be the first thing to changing that behavior is saying, wait a minute, right? Wait a minute. That happened when I was in junior high Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, That happened when I tried out for basketball when I was 15 years old. You know, I'm a very different person these days. Mm -hmm. And so raising your awareness, and that's what I love about coaching. You know, when I work with clients is them getting to say, you know, no, I'm not the same person I was, you know, 30 years ago or 20 years ago. Of course, I'm not the same person. Then if you're not the same person, why are you putting yourself in the same situation? Mm-hmm. Right. And they're just like, yeah, why am I? <laughs> right. And how true is that belief for you now? Mm-hmm. Are you not worthy? Are you not good enough? Well, no. Right. And so then we start thinking about what is true for you. Right. What could that new belief be? And then working out of that new paradigm and then people, you know, just it is interesting. It It is interesting, isn't it? How um, you kind of define for yourself as you're talking about, you know, what is your truth? What is what is your reality? Yeah. Um, And, you know, questioning that and. Um, making sure that we're not jumping to assumptions about ourselves um, half the time. But once you're able to switch that thinking around and you changed your paradigm, how much more productive you become, how much more um, excited and how maybe how much more energy you have um, when you realize that you've been operating from a what I'm going to call a deficit type of thinking right. versus a, more of a 
an abundance mentality about yeah. yourself. Yeah. I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'll say it doesn't hurt to work with really great people mm. yeah, <laughs> who agree. remind you daily, you know, yeah. and, and say nice things to you That's and fair. about you. Um, and I know, you know, I sit here at a round table of, of three and we're lucky enough to do that for one another. Mm -hmm. Um, each and every day. Yeah, it I does. Yeah, oh, I would agree. It does help. And it's unfortunate that there are people out there that don't have that. I you know. know. Um, I know. Um, so they probably are just still operating from that kind of deficit yeah. thinking type of thing. Yeah, because nobody's there to lift nobody's them up. Nobody's there to lift them up. And I want to, you know, a theme that I'm really hearing here is is um, understanding yourself a little bit, right? Being able to to know you, to know your truth, to know your possibilities and just know yourself. And I, I would venture to say, and this is from my own lived experience, but in a world where we are inundated with messages about who we're supposed to be, it gets cloudy these days. Um, and growing up in that, you know, with all the technology and, and people saying what and who you're supposed to be and what you should be doing, it, you start getting confused. And so I, I, I want to just kind of point that out there. If there's anybody out there who who's had those experiences as well, I get it. All right. And I think one of the things that we do here that was really valuable is, is sitting down and doing like a value sort and starting to really identify what is important to you in your life. And uh, for me, it was the EQI assessment even that we, we do here as well. Um, and trying to figure out who am I? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Clifton Strengths. I mean, all of those different types of personality assessments really um, kind of get you traction moving into a direction of, of reframing. All right, here's who I know I am and this is my truth. And then you can fight your gremlin a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. But I want to I want to also say, you know, I think you're right. Being self-aware. I also think it's important to identify uh, when we're looking at overcoming uh, being, you know, this fear of rejection. What is exactly is that fearful stimulus? What is it that put us in that place? What ideas are we not sharing because we worry that others aren't going to embrace them? What requests are we not making because we worry that they're going to be denied? What steps are we not taking towards a goal because we think it's going to make us vulnerable? I mean, lots of different questions we can be asking ourselves. What are the no's we're afraid to hear? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I remember one of my high school girlfriends and, and she and I are still friends and she was just deathly afraid of spiders. <laughs> I mean, like absolute paralysis. And when she finally, as a, as a more mature adult, when she could, you know, seek services for herself, she actually, uh, went to therapy mm. for this. And I'll, I'll never remember, you know, we laughed at her because, you know, we're like, yeah, nobody likes spiders. And she was like, no, you guys like, you know, it just ruined her world. And the first thing they started doing was just showing her pictures of spiders. And, you know, little by little by little by little, it kind of desensitized her to spiders. And now when I walk in her kitchen, she has a plastic spider that she leaves sitting on her. I know, right? And she's like, and that, she goes, I just, I just got used to seeing a spider. And it was kind of like this desensitization. And so she told me all about the process and everything. And it just kind of made me think about, you know, if, if we talk about this fear of rejection, you know, and I'm thinking, how many times can I hear the word no? <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, and, and we talked about it in our leadership program. You know, how many times can I fail? 
you know, fail fast, fail often, you know, and just because it means you're moving forward. Mm-hmm. You know, it means you're trying new things. It means you're finding all the ways that doesn't work. Right. Right. And how many famous inventors have we heard say that? Mm-hmm. Right. If you're failing, you're doing something. Yeah. yeah. I always say, you know, if you're it's only really a failure if you're not learning from it. Yeah. Right. If you just, you know, you fail and then you just go on and fail again without thinking about, well, what can I do differently? Exactly. What, what could I have? How could I have approached it maybe in a different way? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think it's important to understand, too, if you're in this, you you got to give yourself some grace. It'll, I, I, I say that frequently um, because I think we are our own worst enemy with it sometimes. But that pain that's caused by that rejection, it's a normal feeling. All right? yes. It's absolutely normal. Um, it's going to pass. All right. It will pass. Uh, it, but it's, it is. You, you got to recognize, OK, I'm here right now. I'm going to control what I can control in this situation. I'm going to understand that it won't be like this forever. All right. But I can't let this stunt my proactivity and moving yeah. forward. Yeah. You know, and even, you know, thinking back to that worst day. Mm-hmm. Right. Or, or whatever that is for you in your past, um, that day, that poignant moment of rejection, um, and guess what? You live through it. Mm-hmm. Here you are. Right. Mm-hmm. You made it. So let's keep going. Yeah. Right. And so when you talk about grace and, and giving yourself grace and guess what? Tomorrow's a new day and yesterday ended last night. So here we go. Right. You always have another opportunity. I, I just immediately, as you were saying that, had the Kelly Clarkson song come through my head. It's what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Right? There you go. There we go. Right. I'm not about to sing a note. So you bravo to you. Wow. I, I, not uh, not a singer, clearly. But uh, I did. I, I think about that song there. Um, and, you know, I, I think that kind of what you're saying here, too, with this is understanding that every day is a new day. You know, my old sergeant at the police department used to tell me they can't take your birthday away from you. And so I want us to understand that that means that tomorrow you get a fresh start. And so reframe that rejection is really that opportunity to improve your approach, to learn from it, to improve your tactics and moving forward. And that can be hard. Yeah. It can be hard and difficult for people to um, maybe come to realization that maybe I, I did play a role in this. You know, I got rejected because, you know, I'm a, <laughs> I wasn't a nice person or something, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you have to, mm-hmm. sometimes you have to uh, kind of take a look at your own role and that can be difficult for folks once in a while. But what I will also say about this is that's that feedback, right? That's that learning. Mm-hmm. That's that debriefing um, from the situation and what are you going to do differently? Um, and I think that's the important thing to kind of take away is what will you do differently? Mm-hmm. That becomes a, a one of my favorite questions to people is what are you going to do differently the yeah. next time that this situation yeah. occurs? And you were that person then right? because you knew what you knew or didn't know what you didn't know, what you didn't know. And guess what? Now you do. Mm -hmm. So you get an opportunity to do something different. The other thing I would say that's important about that, you know, is you can come up with some of these ideas about how to reframe rejection as an opportunity and what you're going to do differently in that. But let's talk a little bit about the idea of persistence, because I think it requires that as well. Right. Yeah. You know, I can. I can, you know, recognize this as a, maybe a new opportunity, but how, 
how much persistence am I going to use in order to make sure that I achieve this new mm-hmm. goal? Is it that important to me? Right. You know, sometimes right. I think we get you know rejected, and then we in the final analysis, like the ball team. I could care less. I right. really could. <laughs> yeah. You know. Who are you doing it for? Yeah, but yeah. who are yeah, yeah, exactly. Who 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 was I doing it for? Was I doing it for myself? Was I uh, you know, that kind of thing. So what's right. the persistence that you're gonna use? Uh and I think persistence is a learned skill. You know, I think it's something that um, you know, you have to pull up your bootstrap sometimes. You mm-hmm. have to kind of push forward even times when you don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Mm-hmm. And I think something that will help with that is Tying it back to your values, Mm -hmm. because not only, you know, looking at your, your ball team experience, do it, you know, and who am I doing it for? You know, maybe I was doing it to prove something to my dad or, you know, to prove it to the, the boys in my class or, you know, whatever, right. In order to belong or, you know, we, we have those reasons then, right. But am I willing to persist because this is truly in alignment with all that I believe and what my big T truth is, Mm. right? And then it's going to get hard and it's going to get ugly and it's going to hurt, whatever. But I absolutely believe in this with all my heart and soul because this is who I am. And then it, you know, some of that is like, yeah, rock on, you know, and we, and we keep moving forward. But you're right, that persistence. You know, Ray, I think back to the conversation we've even had this week, uh, you and I and our PTM and um, that hits home, you know, what you just said, just because of that, that idea that I think it's easier for us to want that validation from others, uh, versus being able to validate it for ourselves. And, um, I think that's an important element to this persistence idea is recognizing that you can't control other people. You can always get it from yourself. Yes. Yes. So we can be our worst enemy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But. We need to be our best friend and think of how you talk to yourself seriously. Mm-hmm. And then think, you know, would I say that to Dewey? Would I walk in his office and go, you dumb, dumb. <laughs> and you so have. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, let me rephrase that. Because <laughs> I probably joking. have. No, Just I'm joking. sure I have. Um, but, you know, would I walk in and go, you are so stupid. What were you thinking? Yeah. yeah. You know, no. But I bet yesterday I said that to myself when I pulled a bonehead move. We all have that self-talk, that negative yeah. self-talk. And uh, sometimes it's really important to just, you know, change the script. Yeah. You know, and and you that's have, the grace yeah. she was talking about. Yeah, you got to change the script. We all have bad hair days. That's right. <laughs> Except my husband. <laughs> He's bald. <laughs> he has the best hair day of anyone. <laughs> Oh, well, I want to just, as we start wrapping this up, um, Dewey, Ray, any final thoughts on this topic or big takeaways you hope our listeners take with them? Well, I, again, I, I think it's just about recognizing, you know, your own power. I think it's about recognizing that, um, you know, you get to make choices out there and, um, you know, delve into yourself. You know, you're worth it. For once, 
I don't have anything to follow that with. That's that's brilliant. It was, it was absolutely brilliant. So I think we're going to end it on that note. Uh, thank you all for joining us. If you all have any, any comments or things you'd like to add to this discussion, email us, mti at missouri.edu. I do want to encourage you. You know, we mentioned earlier this idea of executive coaching, maybe helping you through some of these obstacles. Ray is available for uh, booking those executive coaching consultations and sessions. And so please uh, give us give us a call, shoot us an email, and we'd love to get those set up for you. Uh, until next time, go be great. Thanks for listening to The Weekly Workplace, hosted by the Missouri Training Institute. Dewey, Ray, and Brianna stand ready to connect with you and meet your training needs. Be sure to check out ways to contact them in the episode description or at mti.missouri.edu. Subscribe to the podcast to get future episodes automatically by tapping subscribe in your podcast player of choice. Hope to catch you on the next episode of The Weekly Workplace. Peace.